So we're continuing in the new year with the Red Letter Jesus series, where we're looking at the very words of God. What does he say through Jesus Christ about how we are to live our lives? And at first blush, these words that we're going to take a look at today might seem quite foreign to us, it might seem uh, unrelated might seem that they're not even for us. But I, I really believe that by the end of the talk, we're going to understand how revolutionary these words are. In a calling that they give to us about how we are to live our lives for Jesus Christ. So these are the words for this morning, Matthew 5, verse 17 through to 19. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So as I said, it's hard for us to kind of relate to these words about the law and the prophets. But we can certainly understand how important they would be and meaningful they would be to the people that he was speaking these words to on the mount as he was giving this long talk on what it is to be a follower of Christ. We can understand how these people who would be predominantly Jewish people uh, would be struggling with this idea of how to be a follower of Jesus Christ, or how does Jesus Christ fit into uh, their Jewish worship, their, their faith? I doubt very many of us have ever really given a thought to the Law of the Prophets. But I want us to consider a little bit more closely how what Jesus says about abolishing and not abolishing the Law of the Prophets, what an impact it can have, and what meaning it can provide for us in our lives. First, let's just take a look at the Law and the Prophets. That's just sort of a term, kind of like when you talk about this area, the Maritimes. You know, if you ask anybody what the Maritimes is, they kind of know what the Maritimes is, and it's three provinces, essentially. Um, you know, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and PEI are the maritime provinces. And uh, the Law and the Prophets really are, um, is just a phrase to sum up the Old Testament scriptures, to put it generally. Um, there's, there's the Law, which uh, is generally held to be the Mosaic Law. Uh, Gospel, Gospel Coalition, for instance, says in the New Testament, as we saw in the Old Testament, the term Law most often refers to what is commanded in the Mosaic Law. So that's the law that was given to Moses on Mount Sinai. And, you know, we know most famously the Ten Commandments, but there was a lot more than that in the law that was given to the people of Israel at the time. The prophets of the Old Testament are the prophets that, you know, the major, minor prophets, the the prophets like Isaiah or, or Micah, Habakkuk, these different prophets, and um, they uh, they basically are also included in this term, the law and the prophets. 
But just to give a sense of, of why they would be kind of lumped in there with, with the Mosaic Law, the prophets of the Old Testament have voiced God's warnings and judgments of, about law-breaking. And it pronounced through the prophets, God pronounced through these prophets, short-term <coughs> and ultimate redemption in Christ. In other words, we have the law, and then we had Israel living, trying to obey the law, hardening their heart, hearts, and rebelling against God, and the prophets were used to try to keep them coming back to their practice of the law and trying to be obedient to God. That was the short term <coughs> redemption that the prophets spoke about. But we also know that so much, you know, we just went through the Christmas season where we have been reading scripture from the, the prophets about the coming of Jesus Christ. And so we know that it wasn't just the short-term remediation of a sinful people coming back to God that the prophets spoke about. They also foretold Jesus Christ's coming, the ultimate redemption, the ultimate solution to our rebellion and our sin. On another occasion, Jesus spoke about the law and, and, and the prophets and the Psalms. Once again, just a general thing to kind of, um, kind of um, group together the scriptures that we know as the Old Testament. When Jesus said he didn't come to abolish the law and the prophets, he's not saying that he didn't, he, you know, he, he didn't come or he wasn't coming to destroy them. That, that wasn't the point, was it? The point was that he, wasn't, he was coming and in his coming to fulfill God's will, God's purpose, it was not to get rid of or to replace or to, su to, to supersede or, or uh, to negate the Old Testament. That's kind of his point. He, he, he's saying that his mission was not to reverse or, or diminish or repudiate or, or even to declare, you know, the old, uh, the law and the prophets as, um, you know, a, a plan gone wrong. It just didn't work out. And then, you know, Jesus had to come to sort of straighten the plan out of redemption. That's, that's what Jesus is saying he didn't come to do. He didn't come to, to, to somehow kind of do away with something that was broken and faulty and no good. <clears throat> to generalize, what, what the Old Testament does and does really well, and, and Jesus in these words is, is, is upholding and and, and, and he's, he's trying to really emphasize the value of the Law of the Prophets. Because what they do really well is they reveal God's requirements for reconciliation between a sinful man and a holy God. <coughs> Whether it's through the Mosaic Law that talked about, this is how you are to live. <laughs> right? Or through the Prophets are saying, you're not living that way. <laughs> You need to get back to how you're supposed to live. Both of them reveal God's requirements for reconciliation because this was the heart of God. The heart of God has been 
reconciliation with a sinful or rebellious people. And that's us. And the reconciliation is required because he's a holy God. And so the law and the prophets require, uh, include specific behaviors from the Mosaic law, things about how to live uh, interrelationally, how to live religiously, how to live morally, ethically. It, it talks about in there the condition of our heart towards each other and to God. The, the law and the prophets um, have tons of stories about the interactions of God with his followers, with his people. And there's included in that wisdom, the wisdom um, books are also included in that, on how we are to um, <clears throat> follow God. All of it, though, would be summed up in the 39 books of the Old Testament. And so Jesus is saying, I didn't come to sort of say, scrap that. He says, actually, he came to fulfill them. He didn't come to scrap it. He came to fulfill them. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So let's just think about how Jesus fulfilled, first of all, the law. Well, he did the impossible. <laughs> he did what we could never do. He obeyed the law, the Mosaic law, completely. He accomplished the impossible, something we could never do. Paul wrote in Romans 3.20, says, No one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. In other words, when he's saying no one will, it's not like no one, um, no one will because no one's got the heart to do it or anything like that. It's more like no one will because it's impossible for us not to sin. It's our nature. But Jesus, we read in 1 Peter 2.22, Peter wrote these words, He, Jesus, committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. And so Jesus fulfilled the law Perfectly, he accomplished it completely. He obeyed it to the, the, the perfectly. Secondly, he fulfilled the ceremonial requirements of the law by being, as John testified, the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. He served as a perfect sacrifice. We read in Hebrews 9, the blood of goats and bulls, the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished, perfect once again, cleanse our consciences, our acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? In other words, Christ's sacrifice is able to affect and clean and cleanse and purify our core, our very nature. Whereas obeying the Mosaic law to the best that the people could was an outward thing. It didn't really fully address the issue of needing to be fully cleansed, clean, purified, which only the blood of Christ could do. 
So by living a perfect life, Jesus became the perfect and ultimate sacrifice or atonement for the sins of the world. That's your sin and mine. And so you can see that, yes, Jesus fulfilled the law, the Mosaic law, because he, he, he lived it completely and fully, and he obeyed it to the letter of the law. He obeyed it perfectly. But he also fulfilled the law by being the perfect sacrifice. Even though there was all these other sacrifices, they were, they were inadequate in being able to address the core issue of our souls, which was the sin in our hearts. So that's how, how Jesus fulfilled the law. But how did he fulfill the prophets? Well, he fulfilled or realized the Old Testament prophecies about the coming Messiah. There were all these prophecies which we've taken a look at through uh, this Christmas season. And he fulfilled those prophecies. Being born of a virgin from Bethlehem. He, 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 was, um, he was fulfilling prophecies of old. And so there's hundreds of them that Christ fulfilled. Um, and so he fulfilled the prophets. And so we, we, can, we can see that Jesus fulfilled the law and he fulfilled the prophets. But these next words that he speaks have been really misconstrued, and I would say uh, abused <laughs> by some people. And these are the words, Matthew 5, again, verse 18. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. You see, some people have gotten the idea that, he, that, he, that Jesus is saying that even though I have fulfilled the law, I have completed it fully, um, you still have to do it. You still have to obey it. Um, you have to not just obey the Spirit, you have to obey the letter. And so there are people, and actually there's a growing number of people within the Christian church who uh, are, are playing around with um, playing around with uh, Judaic law. And, and the thing is that they're picking and choosing. They're picking and choosing what they want to practice. And they'll, you know, they'll say, oh, I'm kind of pick that, that festival right there. That's pretty cool. I could do that festival. <laughs> because that's, yeah, I kind of feel holy if I did that festival. You know, but they're not taking animals to the tabernacle and slaughtering them. Right? So they're just sort of picking and choosing parts of the law that they like, but this is a movement in our in the church today. So what they're, they're saying is that he that Jesus, when he says those words, what he's trying to do is he's trying to say, look, I fulfilled the law, but you're still bound by the law. You still have to do these things. As I said, they only pick the things that they think they want to do, not all of it. And we know that Scripture says if you don't do all of it, it's worthless. You have to do all of it. Okay, so, I have a little video here that I want us to take a look at, and it basically answers the question. 
What Jesus says, does it mean that we have to still practice the law? Do we have to do as these folks are saying? We need to still practice the law. So let's just take a look at that. 